Welcome, welcome to the Clean Simple Free Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Fox. This week's guest is Lizzie Horvitz, the founder and CEO of Finch. Finch provides science-backed ratings for shopping for common products on Amazon more sustainably, so you can still shop while being more mindful about what you're purchasing. There's even a web browser extension that helps you see how sustainable a product is as you're shopping online. Lizzie discusses Finch in more detail, plus easy fixes to reduce our impact on the planet, debunking sustainable shopping myths, and so much more. I think my favorite part of this fantastic interview is towards the end where Lizzie talks about decoupling sustainability as a status symbol. The whole thing is excellent. You do not want to miss this one, so stick around. My name is Lizzie. I am the founder of Finch. I have been in the sustainability space for my entire career and started Finch to decode products, environmental impacts to help consumers make better purchasing decisions. I really love Finch and I personally haven't seen anything like it before for products. It reminds me a little bit of Charity Navigator, I guess would be the closest thing just because of the transparency and the rating system but I love what you're doing with this. What was the inspiration for creating something like Finch? Thank you so much. Well, it's always awesome to hear that you hadn't seen something like this before. And I actually was the same way when I started Finch. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm brilliant. I can't believe nobody's done this. And in fact, a lot of people have tried to do this. I think part of the reason it hasn't worked really since like the 1980s, I think timing was such a big part of it. And what made it so lucky for me is that, you know, even five years ago, companies, people would try to start companies like this and the world just wasn't quite ready for it yet. And now we're seeing a big change. I started Finch because I had a lot of family and friends coming to me, given that I'm one of the only people in my community with a real background in this space. I had family and friends coming to me saying, you know, I just bought this sunscreen. Is this chemical going to give me cancer? Or what's the best deodorant that I can find without aluminum in it, et cetera. And I did not know the answers myself, and I didn't know where to direct people towards because on the internet these days, you're finding either, you know, academic resources that are very based in data and science, but really tough for the average consumer to understand. And then on the other side, we have this rise of bloggers who are well-intentioned, but they're saying things like all natural, chemical-free, which doesn't really mean anything. And so I started a newsletter aiming to distill this type of information And the newsletter just grew into this real desire to help people find what their impact areas were and what what really could move the needle to help climate change. And that's when Finch was started. So you talk about your desire to help people and your passion for sustainability really is already coming through. Have you always been passionate about sustainability? I fell in love with climate change mitigation when I was 16. So it's at this point been over half my life, which is wild to think about. I had an experience where I lived off the grid with just solar energy, water uh, came from the rain. When a lot of people are exposed to climate change, they think of these scary wildfires and droughts and things that are just pretty awful. And, and that gets people not excited to do something about it because it's just, it's really depressing to be honest. Mm-hmm. And my intro into sustainability and climate change was this beautiful way of life that could help the planet. And so I feel really lucky about that. And so since then, I've kind of dedicated my life towards mitigating climate change in the private sector. And I wouldn't say that it's always been a need to help people. I wish I could sound that generous, but that came later, to be honest, because I started thinking, you know, 
all these friends of mine who have, who are brilliant and have all these different skill sets, just don't know where to go to this information and they're coming to me, but what happens to the, you know, hundreds of millions of people who don't have a Lizzie in their life, who don't have a really good friend that they can call on speed dial to ask these questions. And so I really found this need to help sort of the larger community at that time. And I bet living off the grid kind of gave you a really different perspective. It did. I mean, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, you know, in the nineties. And so it just was a different world. For some reason, the example I think of is like salads to us were like iceberg lettuce with blue cheese dressing. Like (laughs) we weren't getting like fresh ingredients and things like that weren't as common in, in Cleveland in the nineties, we were using tons of energy. I wasn't thinking about, you know, how long my showers were keeping the lights on. We, we always were lucky enough to have running water and electricity and heat, et cetera. Um, and so when I went to this place where you literally weren't allowed to shower, if it didn't rain, it just completely shifts your mindset of like, this all is coming from somewhere. These are not unlimited resources and we really need to take care of this. When your assistant reached out to me to schedule this interview, one of the talking points that was mentioned was dispelling myths around nonsense marketing terms like green and organic that have little impact. I thought that was a really interesting point to bring up because we see lots of products with these buzzwords on them. And I think that most of us are like, okay, organic equals good. And I know that that's not always the case. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Sure. You're actually bringing up two different problems we're seeing. The first, and and organic and green are two perfect examples. The first is with organic. Organic actually does mean something, right? It's USDA regulated, and you're really not allowed to use the word organic unless it's, it's certified. The problem with organic is that that's not the be all end all. And there are plenty of companies that grow ingredients that are just as good as organic. It just doesn't mean they just didn't take the two years to, to actually like transfer their farm over and they're not using pesticides and things like that. And so that's sort of one problem is that even if something is used, it doesn't mean that anything that doesn't use that word is problematic, if that makes sense. And then the other, the other issue that's really our bread and butter is this, this use of words that don't have any definition. And so what we're seeing is companies, sometimes with best intentions, sometimes with not as good intentions, commandeering these words like eco-friendly. So they'll say, you know, this has eco-friendly packaging. There's no regulatory body who can stop them from using that word. And so, and it doesn't mean anything. And so consumers are getting sucked in by thinking that they're making these good decisions when in reality, they're not. And, And we find this sometimes where companies will just, in the worst case scenarios, which hopefully doesn't happen as often, Companies just say that because they know it's good for PR when they when they know fully that there's nothing about their product that's actually very sustainable. In better scenarios, there will be something like a shampoo bottle uses cardboard packaging versus plastic. That's great, but that's one of dozens of aspects of a shampoo. You know, if the cardboard packaging is there to replace plastic, that's great, but that doesn't then mean that the ingredients used and the way that it was transported and the people who made the product were treated well. Like there's so many other factors that go into that that doesn't make the whole product good. And so that's sort of what we're trying to dig in on is Finch can do the hard work so that you can just see a score and you don't have to worry about understanding what these little words mean. But also we're going to educate consumers in what to look for on the transparency level for ensuring that something's good in, in various product categories. And let's pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Mm 
Two of my favorite things to talk about are great clothes and sustainable shopping. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Tradlands. When you shop with Tradlands, you're getting stylish, timeless fashion while supporting a small business whose focus is on slow fashion principles and small batch production. You can finally put together a slow fashion outfit head to toe because Tradlands has everything you need in your wardrobe from shorts, pants, and skirts to tees, tops, dresses, and sweaters for a complete outfit. I recently ordered the shelter cardigan and I'm obsessed with it. The quality is fantastic, it coordinates with every piece in my closet so it's great for layering, and it has a nice weight to it, making it the coziest thing I own. As a company, Tradlands believes in clothing that you can live in now, love forever, and that makes you feel like your best self, with fits that flatter and designs that move with you throughout your busy days. Tradlands focuses on what it means to purchase investment pieces that will last years longer than items purchased from fast fashion stores. Their spring and summer 2022 collection has a gorgeous color palette inspired by wild coastlines and earth tones, so you'll see sunset hues, moody blues, and more speckled throughout the pieces, plus some classic colors and neutrals that complete any well-rounded wardrobe. Tradlands is easy to care for, so easy to style, and easy to wear year after year. Plus, they offer free shipping on all orders over $200 worldwide. Visit tradlands.com slash cleansimplefree to check it out for yourself and use my code cleansimplefree20 for 20% off your order. That's T-R-A-D-L-A-N-D-S dot com slash cleansimplefree and use promo code cleansimplefree20 for 20% off beautiful, classic, and sustainable fashion at Tradlands. And welcome back to the episode. Something that really jumped out to me, like when first looking at the Finch website, was the transparency that it creates to help us shop sustainably. From my understanding of the website, it seems like Finch is a tool that can help the average consumer shop in a more mindful way by using your sustainability rating system. Am I understanding that correctly? Or can you give us a bit of an overview as to how how someone would use Finch? Exactly. So our consumers use Finch in, I would say, three main ways right now. The first is we have a weekly newsletter that comes out every Friday where consumers can understand, you know, sometimes it doesn't even have to do shopping, but it's just how to live in a more sustainable way. Um, And this is approachable language that's that's always based in science. So that's number one. And we have around 10,000 subscribers at this point. Number two is just on our website, to your point, you can go on, we're working in real time of of getting a top 10 list. So you'll, you'll say, you know, I need a new toothbrush. You can go to our website and see what is the best toothbrush according to Finch and according to a sustainability standpoint. So that's really helpful. And then the third, which is probably the easiest for consumers is they download this extension on their browser. It works on Chrome right now. And when you go on amazon.com, you can type in shampoo and we will show you, okay, the shampoo that you're looking at gets a six out of 10. Here are three alternatives in case you're interested in making a better purchasing decision. So it really brings that that behavior change to the consumer's fingertips so they don't have to do a lot of digging or research. It just shows up automatically where we say, we know what you're looking for. The specific product might not be the best. So here are other ones. That's so cool. I like that because I feel like a lot of sustainable or mindful or eco-friendly, to use one of those buzzwords, um, (laughs) shopping practices. I feel like sometimes we have to do lots and lots of homework and research on our own to make, to feel like we're making a good informed choice. So I love that there's a Chrome plugin. Absolutely. I think what we're seeing in the market is that a lot of consumers have the best intentions. 
we have that number at between 65 and 70% of the population believe in climate change, want to do something about it, but really just don't have more than seven minutes to research any of it online. And so when they go down these rabbit holes without in a world without Finch, a lot of them end up getting apathetic and giving up, unfortunately. And you can't blame them. These people are busy. They probably have a million things going on in their lives. You cannot expect them to spend two days researching, you know, what a paraben actually means, right? For those people, we've unlocked this ability to um, to give them that information. There are also people who are, you know, super green, have done all this research, have dedicated their lives to this. And we love those people, but that's not our real consumer base because they are willing to already do the work and make it a huge part of their lives. And that we would argue is around 5% of the population. Just to get an idea of how Finch actively helps us to make better decisions on how to shop, what are the highest rated toothpaste products, for example? Oh my gosh, you're testing me right now. I, <laughs> I, off the top of my head, I know that Tom's of Maine is fantastic. That's a really great company that doesn't have fluoride, doesn't have artificial flavoring. There's a lot of really good aspects of Tom's of Maine that we recommend. The fun part about Finch is that if you're looking for the same thing that you're used to, there's behavior change light, which is like, instead of going with Colgate, try Tom's of Maine. And if you hate it, you can go back and however many months it takes for you to for you to use up your toothpaste. But then there's, you know, a heavier behavior change that we can encourage consumers to do, which are, you know, toothpaste tablets that are made in glass packaging. And they're little, they almost look like mints, right? Where you put it in your mouth or on your toothbrush and you start brushing your teeth and it activates with water into sort of a foamy paste. That is so cool because it's zero waste. A big problem with toothpaste specifically is those tubes. One company, I have to fact check this, but one company just came out with sort of this recyclable tubing. I think it might be Colgate. I, we haven't tried that yet. We're so excited to test that out. Otherwise, a big impediment to toothpaste is that you know, it's hard to get all of that toothpaste out and those tubes just have a really tough time getting a second life. I like how you worded it as behavior change light, because <laughs> that is so true. You can make these small changes and then it sounds like you can really dive in as deep as you want on a particular product and how much you want to go zero waste or whatever. Right. And so what's fun for us and sort of a constant challenge is taking up the shampoo example, you know, there's shampoo that can be made in all different ways. That's the normal plastic container that we're thinking about. And then there's shampoo bars. And so a constant question that we have to ask ourselves as a team is, are shampoo bars in a separate category? Should they be rated differently? Or are shampoo bars always better than plastics? And so those will always get, you know, the eights and nines out of 10. And anything that's made out of plastic will won't get higher than a seven. Or is it, you know, if you really only want your regular squeezable shampoo, can we normalize those scores to give them higher scores and then shampoo bars are different? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I love all the thought and planning that goes into this. It's really cool to hear about. It's a really fun part of our job. Unfortunately, we're remote. And so there aren't many times that we can have these fun brainstorming sessions in person. But when we do it, it's really fun. So let me ask you about the ratings scale. It sounds like it's graded on a one to 10 scale. Is 10 the best or the worst? 10 is the best. And it's a good question because when you think of impact, you either have a positive impact or a negative impact. But for us, 10 is the best score. And in fact, we will never give a product a perfect 10 because any physical product is sort of taking away, harming the planet in some way. And we do it category by category. And so within the toothpaste 
there will be a low score and the highest score will be probably a 9.6 or a 9.7. Those are not rated against other categories because we need to look at each category in and of itself and understand, okay, given the options that are out right now, this is the best one and this is the worst. So let me ask you, you mentioned earlier certain words. You can't really give a certification to a term like green or eco-friendly. So for the average consumer that's trying to be mindful about shopping, what are the words or certifications that we should be looking for? That's a really good question. We have probably looked at, oh my gosh, dozens of certifications, and it really depends on the type of product that you're talking about. So I would say a general certification that we always love is B Corp because that really looks at all different aspects of sustainability from social to environmental, corporate governance, everything. And so we love that as an example for B Corp, you can get certified in any different category. When you're thinking about buying textiles like towels or sheets, we love Oikotex, it's O-E-K-O-T-E-X, or GOTS, which is the Global Organic Textile Standard. And for that, countering what I said earlier, when you're buying sheets and towels, we really do prefer organic certified over conventional cotton. And then when you're looking at plastics or you know any type of personal care product, we love Rainforest Alliance certified. That's a really great one. Cradle to cradle is another. So there are just a bunch that that are very dependent on the specific category that you're looking at. I know there are so many different terms and regulations and certifications. So I wanted to pick your brain while I had the chance. Sure. <laughs> There's something on the values section of your website that stood out to me that says, for many, living sustainably is a necessity, not a nice to have. We're tired of the trendy, inaccessible lifestyle bit and aim to decouple sustainability and status. I love this sentiment because I know many of us feel like sustainable shopping should be attainable for everyone, and often it's not. Can you talk about how Finch helps accomplish this? Absolutely. This was something that was very near and dear to my heart and to the hearts of our branding and messaging team at Finch. And just to give a quick background, I studied environmental history in college. And what really struck me was seeing the different waves of sustainability and how it showed up really since the 70s. And so we think of this sort of hippie movement that was like, if you're not camping and hiking every weekend, you're not a true environmentalist, right? And it was that crunchy, almost grungy vibe, right? And that that almost took us through the 90s, to be honest. And then we went into this complete opposite, which is the Gwyneth Paltrow movement, right? Like you need to drink out of a green juice with a metal straw that costs $16 um, to sort of participate in this movement. And I love Goop. I love Gwyneth Paltrow, but that was detrimental as a whole to, I think, the movement because we were recommending these products that were unattainable by most of the population. And, you know, the research says that BIPOC populations actually care more about climate change and, as we know, are affected by it more than other groups of people. And there just isn't a lot of marketing that serves those types of people. The rhetoric is still, if you're willing to pay an extra $3, then then that's great. And the reality is, you know, what Finch is trying to do, our monetization model is decoupled with how much someone buys. And so we don't, we get a very small amount of money, if any, when someone makes a purchase. And that's because a whole thing about sustainability is like only buy what you need. You know, we're yeah. living in a world that, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place, but there's so much to say about this. We're living in a world where someone spends $4 million building a LEED certified house 
and they're thought of as more sustainable than people who are who have been living in their old house for 25 years and have one car as opposed to three and don't have a vacation house right, right. that doesn't make any sense and so we're trying to get across sort of two points the first is let's rethink who's actually being sustainable in this world and i think people would be surprised you know people who are taking public transportation they might not be doing it for sustainability reasons but that doesn't take away from the fact that they're they're leaving a significantly lower impact on the planet than those in higher incomes and then also buying sustainable products does not mean you have to spend more money that is that should be debunked if it's not already sure there are products that are used with better ingredients, materials, et cetera, that cost a little bit more money, but likely they last longer, they're healthier, there are less negative externalities coming out of that cost. We don't write clothing yet, but I think of apparel as a perfect example of this. You know, When you think of a company like Zara or H&M, the fast fashion companies, we have been trained to expect to spend $5 on a t-shirt because the people making that t-shirt are being treated horribly. They're being exposed to all these different health issues. And you're going to wear that shirt twice before it gets a hole in it versus yeah. spending $50 on a really nice shirt that you'll have for 10 years where you know that all the people throughout the life cycle were treated well, et cetera. So when, whenever we think of cheaper products, we always have to think of like cheaper for who? Is it just for the end consumer or is it cheaper and better for, for everybody along the life cycle? Yeah, I mean, sustainable living should not be an exclusivity thing or like, I don't know, I feel like the whole status thing that, that's mentioned on your website is a really big thing that we that needs to be talked about. Definitely. And what we've seen is so interesting is that there are so many changes that people can make at home regarding sustainability, but they're not status symbols, right? They're not people aren't coming to your house and seeing your HVAC system or the fact that you upgraded your entire water system or, or something like that. So people tend to unfortunately gravitate towards acting sustainably when it's with things that people can actually relate to and see, which is in some ways a great thing because it means that people are spreading the word more, but in other ways it's problematic because we wonder like what these intrinsic versus extrinsic goals are for people and we want to make sure that, that they're as holistic as possible. And let me ask you, what are some of those sustainable changes that we can put into practice like today? Oh my gosh, there are so many. I would say the first thing that I always tell people is think beyond plastic, but think more in single use versus reusable. Anything that you think will only be used for 12 minutes is probably not the best option. So that's going to get a cup of coffee in a, in a disposable cup that you'll drink and then throw away. It's buying a bottled water at the airport that you'll throw away on the plane. It's all those little moments that you think, I feel like I could replace this with something that's reused. That's sort of always my litmus test for, generally speaking, that's the better option. You know, there's obvious things like take public transportation, bike, be conscious of your gas footprint when you're driving your car. And then the other one that, you know, Finch doesn't even go into, but this is just a general mentality for consumers is eat less meat. You know, the meat industry is still wrought with a lot of problems that are leading to climate change in a really fundamental way. And there's incredible work being done on regenerative agriculture and a lot of other areas. But in terms of conventional farming right now, the way it's being done is really harmful. And so I'm not telling people to go vegan, although that would be great. But even just taking one meal out of your week or one day out of your week that's completely vegetarian actually makes a really big difference at scale. 
It's cool to think about it in terms of small changes. Like you said, avoiding meat one day a week or not buying disposable water bottles. I feel like this is really doable. I agree. You know, it's like, I think it's 21 days it takes to form a habit. And if you just push yourself for the first 15, 20 days onto trying to make a change like that, it lasts with you and it stays. I don't even think about an option to buy bottled water anymore because it's just something that I've sort of taken out of my brain for a long time. And, you know, you can still live a life of convenience and simplicity and joy without being detrimental to the environment. I think that actually about does it for my questions. Is there anything that I'm missing or anything that you would like to add? No, it, this was, was such a pleasure. I would just say, you know, if people have questions, I would encourage them to email me at hey at choosefinch.com. Check out our website and download our extension. And um, we're in this fun phase right now where I'm talking to consumers all the time and they're sharing feedback that's making our product better. So I would encourage everybody to, to share feedback, whether positive or negative, um, and help us help us get this to scale. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was a great chat. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That wraps up this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Special thanks again to Lizzie for being on the podcast. Send her an email if you have any questions at hey at choosefinch.com and visit the website at choosefinch.com or click on the link in the show notes. Remember to check out tradlands.com slash cleansimplefree and use promo code cleansimplefree20 for 20% off classic sustainable fashion at Tradlands. If you have any questions for me or you'd like to request a topic or you just want to say hi, you can reach me by email at clean.simple.free at gmail.com or on Instagram at clean.simple.free. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic week and remember, clean spaces make for a more simple way of life and when life is simplified, your mind will feel free. See you next time.